What's good, y'all? It is Blunt Talk, episode 33, with me, Taylor Hart from Respect My Region. And I have to give, first and foremost, a dear apology to OG Mambo, because I promised him that we would do his in multiples of 11, and uh, I fucked up, and he's not on episode 33. So, sorry, Mambo. Uh, <laughs> catch me at 44. Uh, you can come back on. But today, I have Noah Coinflip joining me for his, I believe, first podcast ever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like to be able to take that and be able to be the first one to get to tell your story. Um, so, I'm glad you came on. I'm, I'm happy to have you here. Um, we're about to spark up. Uh, I got the Cold Stone um, from Canada Organics, a nice little treat because I heard it was somebody's birthday coming up. Mm -hmm. wah, wah. That's true. Tomorrow's birthday. So it's an uber special episode today because we're celebrating his birthday um, with an interview about himself and these blunts of the Cold Stone from Canada Organics. Um, cheers. Cheers to that. Yeah. A uh, couple of little bats here that I rolled up in this nice little honey wrap mm -hmm. um, from Hempire. So you're going to have to tell me what you think about it. Um, this reminds me, I had one of my best friends growing up. Like, uh, he would smoke tele tobacco, smoke blunts all the time, and then switch to hemp wraps and just ex yeah. exclusively smoke hemp wraps like these. And so every time I smoke one of these, like, I think about like him, him switching. And he would get this specific brand, and you couldn't get it anywhere. In Alabama, and like he would just order boxes of these like hip wraps online. Yeah, and ever since then, it's like I would, you know, that's what's up. I'm kind of hemp wrapped, hemp wrapped out in my own personal life. Like yeah. <laughs> I'll just smoke a blunt, but every time it. I hit this, I think about him because I'm like, damn, bro. Well, it's a special occasion, so mm. enjoy it. I, on mine, however, my I nails like tore uh, a hole in it, so I fucked <laughs> up, so I'm just going to go ahead and cover up this hole. I already fixed it one time, um, and it still has another hole in it, so mm. shout out nails, man. They really are great for tucking the blunt, but they're really, really bad for the wrap if I get lazy and I poke a hole through it, so, mm. you know, I'm just going to try and smoke this through that. <laughs> but it's all good it's whatever i was already high beforehand and i'll still be high after this so there you go it all works out at the end what do you usually smoke on like strain wise or strain wise yeah um i really like my favorite strain of all time is blue dream mm -hmm. i feel like i you know i really love me some blue dream uh i really like uh gorilla glue i love gorilla glue yeah. gorilla glue is like just you know strains like, like gorilla glue yeah yeah exactly yeah mm -hmm. um and i feel like just strains that like will get me stony but not put me to sleep but mm -hmm. you know but like some sativas i'll smoke and i just won't feel anything like, you know? that's true there's a lot yeah. of i've had quite a few of them and quite honestly i'm a big fan of those ones that don't really feel like you're that high i like to be adjusted sometimes but not be too impaired um so i like nice balanced hybrids where my yeah. body loosens up a little exactly. bit the head is less i overthink less um because i overthink everything i feel like in my life that's exactly right no mm -hmm. totally yeah yeah and and one thing i've noticed and especially when it comes to like drugs in general like party drugs or whatever it's like you know what i don't think i want to take drugs to like increase my brain activity <laughs> like, <laughs> like my brain activity is already wanna, like, like going yeah, so i'm trying yeah. to you know take some drugs to like yeah flip my brain activity or like calm it down yes 
So like some party drugs, I'm starting to realize I'm like, Mm. Maybe not the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or it's just not for me. Or it's like some people they like that, or it, it does yeah. something. But it's just some some shit is just not for me. Because, like you said, like I'm yeah. all, I'm always kind of constantly going. Anyways, the, uh, the older I get, and I, God, I hate that I'm at that point in my life now. But like, I don't want to be as fucked up anymore. Sure, you know, like there was definitely like. Everybody's doing the teenage dirtbag fucking trend on social media or whatever. And mm. it's like, I feel like we were all kind of that way, you yeah, know, where totally. we were all douchey teenagers just trying to get fucked up yeah. or even like early 20s, too. I know some people still in that kind of phase where they're just trying to get fucked up mm. all the time. But like, I'd rather not. I'd rather just be slightly stoned right. all the time. Right. We got pins at work. That's part of the sort of stone club and i feel like that's just like where i'm at now is that i am just constantly sure. sort of stoned all the time sure not and quite you, obliterated but when you're like passion and and kind of <clears throat> job it revolves around kind of being in more party environments or you know events environments yeah. it's easy to feel like you kind of have to be inebriated but the whole point of going to these events and these parties is to like kind of feel closer to each other yes closer to god closer to art Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it's not about the substances but it's also like not it's freedom to do whatever you want to do you know what i'm saying beautiful yes uh so when it comes though uh to your production because you're a super fucking banging ass producer like understatement in the half of the day um, but when it comes to like, when you're producing, what's your, like, do you like to smoke before you produce? Do you sure. smoke while, or yeah. like, what's your kind of ritual with that? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm smoking all the time. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm one of those, you know, that it's, I'm consistently smoking throughout the day yeah. before I made music during, after, you know, it's just, yeah, there's rarely a point in my day where I, it's more than like two, an hour or two with it where I'm not smoking. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm, you know, Constantly I have a really high music. tolerance. Yeah. All that, you know, but, um, it, I like it. It gives me, you know, the, the ritual of rolling something and do it, you know, you, you start on, you make some, you start on a beat or you start on a song and then you're listening to the song while you roll the blunt and while you smoke right. it. It's like, it's definitely a ritual. Um, like the ritualistic aspect of it is like, does help with the music. I feel like sometimes, when making art and stuff, it's like what how you let it breathe is just as important as what you actually do to whatever art or track it is. Yeah, you know what I mean? Hundred mm. percent. That is I think that's a really critical part of it too. Um and in my own like creating process, like when I'm writing articles or something like that, I usually will sleep on it and then right. come back to it with fresh eyes in the morning and then reread it and even read it out loud because I feel mm. like speech is is a big part of it as well and so i feel like not enough people do that where they let it breathe for a sure, little bit you sure. know and then come back in with it um but that's that's uh, uh such a crucial part of it it is it yeah is. It's, um, it's it's uh it's important even within even with something even within a piece of art right like you have all these different complexities that you can put in but a lot of the times what makes like at least from a music standpoint like what makes something good to me is what you choose not to do or how, how you choose to like have space in yeah. the track or whatever you know how you leave space for a track especially in a beat if there's going to be vocals on it yeah you have to the way that you approach space in a track and letting a track breathe like the piece of art itself have yeah. elements of the breathing 
too. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that comes across. I'm sure it's similar when you're writing an article or something with like totally. the pacing of the article and things right. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So how do you approach your production on that? Like, what's your first of all? Let's start with. Let's go back. Let's okay, start okay. with how you got into production right, and right. how you got into just music in general. Because sure. I know that you play instruments and mm-hmm. whatnot too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, like where, where does that all begin for you? Right, right. So, um, my brother, I have an older brother mm-hmm. and, um, when I was six, he got a guitar and he was like a skater kid at the time and he wasn't really super into it, but I was, you know, Shout really, yeah, yeah. So it <laughs> was, was like, you know, kid. every, every skater kid kind of gets that cheap guitar, you know yeah. what I mean? And wants to start, but I was, wants to start a punk band. Right, then. right. <laughs> so I was like, um. Just enamored with the guitar. I, I basically kind of okay. stole it from him in a way. Awesome. But just because I was just, you know, on it all the time. Yeah. I was playing it. I just thought it was super cool. <laughs> and then, you know, I showed enough interest from the ages of, like, 6 to 9, 10. You know, I was, like, really, it was, like, it was something I was really into. I got, also, around that time, I got into uh, Jimi Hendrix, like. Okay. Yeah. As, like, a, like, kind of, like, an iconic hero figure as a child like Jimi Hendrix. Sure. I was enamored by Jimi Hendrix and the culture of the 60s at yeah. that time. And what he did with the guitar sure. was just amazing. Guitar, yeah. And yeah. My, my my brother had a strat Stratocaster. He played it Jimi Hendrix played a Stratocaster. Yeah. And um it was just, you know, at that time Jimi Hendrix and like what he represented what he did for the guitar. And then later his songwriting and stuff, it's like was I, I, it was, you know, what got me into music. I mean, he was literally like the Superman to me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like a figure that's like almost like, like uh, was created by, you know, like a comic book character. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he was like different, you know, but like. Um, he was next level. Sure. Yeah. And so when I was around 10, um, I started, I got a new guitar. My parents, you know, it was like, okay. You know, time to start picking some shit that you want to do, kids, hobbies, whatever. Yeah. So I got a new guitar, I started taking lessons, and I also started playing in um, my church, Pentecostal oh, yeah. church in Alabama. Sure. Born, yeah. born and raised in Alabama. Okay. So this is all, all, all this is in Alabama, um, Muscle Shoals, Florence area. So I started playing in church a little bit. They didn't even plug me. I was just playing guitar. They didn't even plug me in at the beginning, <laughs> and I would just play. Classic and, maneuver. Yeah. And so I did that for a while, and then eventually they started plugging me in, and mm-hmm. I started learning more things about chord progressions and things like that. And um, when I was around 12 or 13, you know, all this time I was enamored by Jimi Hendrix, and not just that, but, like, the kind of culture of the 60s and 70s yeah. and, the you know, drugs. Like, I knew what drugs, I was very aware of what drugs were from, like, a very early age, not just because of that, but because of my environment, you know, yeah. and, and um, like... Um, by the time I was 12 or 13, that's when I, you know, was into starting to get on computers. I was always like into video games and technology. Yeah. And that's when I started producing. That's when I, okay. I, I got Ableton and I was like interested and I'd always been a hip hop fan and we used to listen to Jeezy, uh, Young Jeezy and Gucci Mane and Drake and like Kanye and sure. around that time. And, um, that was when dubstep was happening. I'm gonna date myself. And I was like, damn, how are they making all this crazy shit on, on computers? Yeah, did a little research and got Ableton and just start out. You know, it just became another fundamental part of my musical journey. And now I, you know, I've been doing it since. So I'm 20, turning 26 tomorrow. Damn. So I've been making beats and music. 
like making beats since I was like 12. Shit. So been a been, been a minute. Yeah, I've been doing it. Been yeah. in the game for a long time. You know, I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. You, yeah. So now, when you go to a pro, uh, approach your production style now, what is like your what's the catalyst? Like, what do you usually? What's that light bulb moment when you're creating, or, or like, how do you go into it? Sure. Um, well, I think. One thing that is like a goal for me create, creatively is like consistency, like being able to like consistently produce a, a high quality center rather than yeah. like everything, everything that I work on or ra- do that rather than everything that I work on is like something that's so super precious to me or something. I put all this emotional investment into it, Yeah, you know, and that helps me help keep a high quality standard. So I would say like sticking with it when sometimes I don't want to do it or I don't see the outcome and just trusting the process and staying in the moment. It kind of starts with that, like going into it, like I'm going to do this, make a beat today. So I'm going to the studio. I'm going to make a beat today. Um, So just give myself grace. It's a very much like a getting in tune with how I feel, you know, getting in tune with the moment and like like turning my brain off. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of thinking going on. Um, it's what you, the weed helps with. Yeah. And usually I'm listening to a <laughs> podcast or something at the same time while I make music. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, like, I, wait, ADHD brain, like, it's, I have, if, if I don't, if I go to the studio and I'm making music and I'm by myself, like, I'm going to find a distraction. Like, I'm going to create a distraction, like, right. subconsciously, and, or I'm going to find something. So if I kind of provide my own distraction, you know, like, it kind of helps me, like, I'll distract from the music with the podcast and then I'll kind of distract from the podcast, but the making music and right. kind of in a way I'm kind of focusing on both at the same time. Yeah. You know? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Cause sometimes it drives me nuts doing that, you know, yeah. but then other times, like I personally, like I have to have, like if I wake up and it's, it, I can, it can be silent for like 10, 15 minutes but if, like, I don't put something on, like, whether it be, like, right. a TV show in the background totally. or, like, music, I'll just, like, crawl back into sure. bed and go sure. to sleep, you exactly. know? I need that stimulation. So it's interesting that you bounce off of yeah. both of them to keep yourself on track. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and it's true because, yeah, I will, yeah, I will, I will create my own, there, I will find my own distraction, you know, even if it's there's not one there. And, you know, sometimes if I don't, how that it will be something like, you know, toxic about yeah. like myself where I'll be like, I'll start thinking about, man, this beat is shitty or right. whatever. That's the distraction that yeah. I create for myself. It's like, right. you know, I'm a shitty person or I did something shitty or like, like I'll you start thinking think about like that. that. But I understand You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, and all of us go through that. I, yeah. and, you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm a shitty guy, but, right. but like, um, it's better for me if I have something constructive totally to distract myself with and, yeah. or instead it, of like it's good that you're like yeah. aware of it though because mm. i feel like being aware of your flaws and being able to compensate for it and even get ahead of it you yeah. know you're like fuck it i'm just gonna set a podcast mm. already so that sure. there's there's already a fucking distraction yeah, you know yeah, and totally. it works yeah and so i have found uh ways in my own life to be able to compensate and overcome those as well and i feel like that's where you truly can get a lot of productivity done and get exactly. and harness your own like inner power and something that's like could, you know putting up oh, one of my one of my biggest goals has always been to just make as much music and art as possible like it just 
a, you know, a, a large like amount. You know what I mean? And if you yeah. want to do that sustainably, you have to find ways that you you don't you don't like bring. Yeah. You leave your emotions in the process, you know, and you don't let it super affect you. Maybe yeah. the outcomes, thinking about the outcomes of something, you know, you got to leave it all in the process. Totally. And, and kind of uh, the more you can do that and more you can find strategies to do that, the more sustainable you're going to be able to make like a high quality standard art. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's not like every time you make every time I make a beat, I'm not trying to make the best beat I've ever made. No, I'm right. trying to make like I want every beat to be. A high quality standard, and you know that when you hear it, it's that standard. Yeah, you know and it's I mean? not necessarily better than the other one. Sure, but sure. they all have their own differences. Yeah. and know? I have a standard that I right. that I've built on. Yeah, you know what I mean. That I've built through skill and time. Totally. That you know, it's I'm more focused on the standard than everything I make, trying to be the best thing I've ever made. Yeah, you know what I mean. So on, I've had plenty of discussions with producers as of lately, um, but on the topic of sampling compared to producing your own, and then um, the difference between digging in the crates Mm -hmm. to the digital digging. Right. Where do you lie in this landscape? Well, I don't don't sample at all. Not at all. Not at all. It's all instrumentation, live instrumentation. Um, music to my ears. <laughs> well, I, I love sampling. You know, but this is something. I love I thought, yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, this is something I want to think about. I think it's just about how you express yourself, mm-hmm. mainly. You know, I think yeah. it's like you have different tools that you're comfortable with. Like I know how to use these instruments and play these instruments, and it's yeah. I'd rather create a melody than like react to one or like I just it's just a different way of expressing it. And you know, totally. I, I say I don't sample. Like sometimes I'll sample some drums or like mm-hmm. kind of do something. But just like, like sampling that. the instrument. Yeah, yeah. Not well, I don't, I'll never like do any kind of melodic sampling or sample right. a bass or sample like a loop or, yeah. you know, like I'm not looping stuff. Totally. You know, it's like a splice or any of that stuff. <clears throat> I think, you know, it's just different forms of, exp- different forms of expression, but I don't right. sample, I haven't sampled, I, I sampled, you know, back in the day um, off vinyl and all that, but yeah. um, I haven't sampled for like, yeah, probably six years, five, six years. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy though. Yeah. Do you go dig for inspiration at all though? Or do you just mm. get inspired by like your environment and like lifestyle and like the things that you do? It's a good question. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it is a bit of both. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, uh, I think it's, you know, I think, um, when you're first learning to play any kind of music, you kind of, um, uh, imitate, you're like if you're especially when you're learning an instrument you kind of imitate who you love right you know what i'm saying like there's a saying in music and in art in general that's you know imitation assimilation innovation yeah. you know what i mean where you kind of you listen to something you're like there's something that's such a part of me that mm-hmm. i don't even have to think about it. it's just who i am and then in those spaces that's when you can really push it so i do listen to a shit ton of different music i do listen yeah. like i'm a huge music fan i'm a fan of the culture i'm a fan mm-hmm. of the history, the historian, I know, I listen to a shit ton of music and it does have an effect on my music, you know, for sure. Um, yeah. So in a way, I could definitely see like the influences there, but at the same time, it all goes through the filter of me. I don't, I make sure that it's a part of who I am and it's like not something that I'm just doing just to do something or just right. to like experiment with some new form of music just to like, just to say I'm doing it, you know, it's like, yeah. it always has to pass through the funnel of what I feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, I mean, that is such a, a beautiful way to put it. 
Um, because everybody's perception of like what, you know, millions of people listen to the same music all the time, you know, whatever sure, what's sure. popular and stuff. But then when it, it, like what you're saying is filtering through yourself and then coming out as something differently. I totally. think that's what's so beautiful about things and mm-hmm. which is why it's so depressing in music today when people seek out to make just that formulaic song right. or whatever to get popular. Totally. So I think one of the most important things with music and taste is like knowing what you don't like, you know, saying mm-hmm. like being able to say, no, I don't like that. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't like that even though everybody likes that or something, you know, even though my, yeah. or saying something, I, I do like this, even though everybody says this is whack, like something right. like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, owning that and, yeah. and um, you know, really check it with yourself because it's, I feel like sometimes we put a lot of society shit up. Music is very primal. I mean, it's been around. Art is very primal. So I feel yeah. like you intrinsically know what you like and don't like. And it's society that kind of, there's no rules to this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just kind of things that exist. And yeah. You know, there's no good or bad. And then whatever moves you, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, it's, I, I, I'm not kinesthetic, so I can't see the music. But I feel like I can almost see it and feel the energy and the vibrations moving like when I'm in front, especially live music. Live music to me, that's church. That's that is everything to me. Um, The feeling of watching, even just seeing them come out on the stage, you know, sometimes that just like overwhelms me a lot of the times, especially following local artists and seeing them progress over the years and seeing them come yeah. into their own and everything you yeah. know that that feeling is everything that's to true. me and that's that's the impact that you know really makes a difference if you mm-hmm. want to talk about this art shit like us showing up for our friends at shows and watching them progress it's like you know in 20 30 40 years from now no matter what happens it's like we're gonna remember that shit and we're gonna remember right. the songs that we made and the songs that we sang yeah and you know what i mean and and no matter what who that impacts it's like we had an impact yeah it's just so incredibly important it is it is yeah um and And at the same time which is is what makes us human yeah you know us coming together as for community for the love of music and art you know totally yeah yeah um and i know that you found um some people out here first of all when did you move out here so i moved out here six years ago well i think six years 20s yeah it was it was 2016 yeah crazy yeah so crazy trump it, shit yeah it was kind of already going of it it was yeah. kind of already going but he had just gotten elected mm-hmm. you know it felt like it did you know it felt like the end of the world kind of yeah sure, it did you know? but like it wasn't yeah i mean it definitely felt like i was already which you know it's you know stuff like trump it's you know it's kind of already been like what america is about so it's like right. like you get a lot of that vibes out here about people who's like what are you talking about like we've been dealing with this shit since like 2012 or 2013 like this is not new yeah you know we've what been I mean? dealing with this for a long you know long I mean? long time exactly sure you know, sure that's but what like as far as like on, the <laughs> public the new like public left wing right like all that new shit oh yeah you know what i'm saying that's like you know off the deep end yeah, 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 yeah. it's like it's been going on it's been it's you know it didn't start with trump but at the same time, it, but there was a lot of nihilism at that time. Yeah. It was a crazy time to move to Seattle. But that's when I moved to Seattle. Yeah. Very, very um, crazy time. And then to experience the pandemic out sure, here as sure. well. Uh, Which, it's been yeah. 
yeah. It's it seems really... like it's probably been longer because for me, 2016 to now feels like a decade's time. You know, not just six. That's years. actually true. Yeah, it feels like a whole. I mean, definitely for me, it was a lifetime. When I first moved here, I worked at Target for eight Hell months. Hell yeah. That's what's up. <laughs> and then I hated that job. I quit. And then I worked at a gas station. Sick. For two years. Yeah. yeah. All this time, just nobody knew who I was. I didn't know anybody. Just yeah. Making beats in my room. Yeah. And then. Were you exploring the music scene at all? Kind of. I wanted to, but I didn't really know where to start. I guess yeah. you know. Um, That's I guess the one biggest thing that I always get from everybody is they're like, sure. "Well, I don't really know where to start." Just follow me. Subscribe to Respect My Region. We'll help you out. And I'll saying. say, I'll say, like, I'll say too. This is one thing that was a big holdback for me too. Is like, so I not, I didn't really have the best social skills. I mean, I, I guess I do, but I didn't think I did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say my biggest, if you're scared about going and meeting new people, just be yourself and be real. And like other people that are just doing that. Yeah. are gonna like know and recognize that and you're gonna be accepted like it's not 100 percent. yeah you don't have to yeah. worry about saying the right thing or being cool like nobody we're all just trying to be ourselves and like be real you yeah. know i don't think like if that's holding you back it shouldn't just go there and be real right if you love the art just go there and love love the art you know that's what everybody's yeah. really there and on do. that i go out all the time by myself and more often than not i ended up talking to and hanging out with a plethora of people sure. throughout the night and like yeah. random people you meet new people you know, all the time and people will look out for you like, yeah yeah exactly yeah. and and if it's the right like, event with the right promoters right. at the right place like it's 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 a safe spot and it's hard to find but just like with the music you can feel the energy in the in the room exactly. and if the vibe is off leave Get just go home there, yeah. if you feel awkward yeah. if you feel weird you're not in a good place and you're not don't feel gaslit yeah. or invalidated don't you know invalidate yourself your own feelings like if you feel uncomfortable leave 100 percent. you know what yeah. I mean? yeah and i think one thing that's been really beautiful to see lately i've spoken on it on a few different episodes but i'm happy to be talking to you about this today um because the stuff that y'all do um at mead street and mm. harvest house is some of the most welcoming <laughs> inclusive happy kind of events that i have seen and coming out of the pandemic and really um shout out waffles um josh really introduced me to a lot of Mm y'all and brought me around and i've gotten to see it a lot and i wish i was around and able to hang out more i'm just too busy oh yeah no totally know how that is yeah everybody does but but that's just the kind of environment that it is that it's just like damn i just really want to be around all the time because it's just such a happy environment um how did you meet everybody how did you get involved and and create help create this incredible environment sure well um you know uh uh i started working out of mead street three years ago so you know about broke speakers uh, Broke Speakers yes. is a um, jam that is done weekly every Sunday out of the studio that I work at, Mead Street, South Seattle. Yeah. Um, and uh, I met my really good friend to this day and amazing musician, singer, producer, uh, KJ, uh-huh. Safe Place. Yeah. I don't know if you know KJ or met him. Heard. I don't think um, I've met yet. Good friend, great guy. To this day, I, was just, I actually was just hanging out with him yesterday. Amazing. And um, But I met him. I was in film school. Mm-hmm. So I went to film cool. school. Kind of gave up. I had given up on music at this time, basically. Yeah. Um, and went to film school. And I met him on a film set. 
Interesting. Um, and we showed each other some, I was working on some music at the time, kind of getting back into it. Yeah. And uh, he invited me to the first Broke Speakers. Um, cool. And uh, he said it was a jam at the studio. Came to the studio, it was Mead Street. Yeah. I met worker Sam, um, who started Mead Street, the studio, who made the space and yeah. started Broke Speakers. And um, I was there at the first one, and I've been going ever since. And Amazing. Basically, um, talked to worker Sam about um, getting some studio time during the week. You know, I was like, can I pay you to get some studio time during the week? Because I don't have anywhere to make beats or make music. Yeah. You have all these live instruments here. I've never had the chance to work with live instruments before. Oh, yeah. Um, like in a studio setting. And uh, how much would that cost? And he, uh, they said that I wouldn't, you don't have to pay me. Um, you can get in here during the week when you want. And uh, we'll just do a value exchange. And if there's everything, ever anything that you can do for me, then do it. And uh, it was just the most, one of the nicest things yeah, that anybody's beautiful. ever done or offered me in my life. And it changed my life, you know, and I, ever since then. So that first week that there at Mead Street, I met Ralph. Yeah. Um, started working with Ralph. And we just decided that we were going to get in every Friday. We have ever since. Ever for three God years. damn. You know <laughs> and then we added Mondays too. So about a year ago, year and a half ago we had a mondays so yeah. mondays and fridays you know give or take you know one of us might be out of town or something but totally we've been meeting because that's why i mean we have five albums i think released now or five projects and yeah we have more on the way and um that's met amazing. also i met that's um, amazing that first week i met uh hanan yeah. desert flower and uh roja tony banks yeah and then i went on to you know, the first batch of beats that I made at Me Street went to um, on the On Time EP. So yeah. I'm very proud about to this day. It was the first thing I released, you know, and they, I met them the second week. I said, hey, can I play you some beats? They said, yeah. They're like, damn, this shit is nice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, no, man, those, those are, and I, I was just, with Hanan earlier today. Yeah. You know, Desert Flower, just really one of the most amazing, compassionate, amazing artists. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, I met Liv. So, I, you know, the first time I ever met Liv was I went to her Black Girl Unbothered release show at Clock Out. I don't know if you yeah. remember that. Uh, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. And um, I knew what I saw here. I was like, I knew that I would end up... Uh, I just, I don't know. I knew her sound and I was like, we would work perfectly yeah. together on a project, you know? Yeah. And um, it might not have been a month later that I, we started working together. I Damn. never yet. Um, I think I met her at Broke Speakers, um, played her some beats and it was just kind of what she yeah. was looking for. And then we made Flowers in the Void. Amazing. Um, Amazing so Another project. project I'm very proud of. Yeah. And, and all this time I'm working with Raul and me and Raul are releasing, you know, very, you know, substantial projects as well things like you know once the protests hit everything like that yeah. started hitting you know we released ptfd a lot of a lot yeah. of stuff you know kind of pay the fee but try to back the movement and you know things totally. that you know uplift rel's voice for his community and you know really highlight the things that he wants to say you yeah. know i think rel is a very 
you know, multifaceted artist, you know, and hundred uh, percent, yeah. And but he has a lot, a lot to say, you know. Yeah. And, and at that time, man. love, bro. You know, like really, that's my guy. That's my yeah. fucking guy. Uh, Literally, like, shout out everybody you just yeah, named, yeah, right, quite right. honestly, because they are all amazing totally. and all powerhouses, right? Like, for real, for, for real. real. No, and uh, prolific. You know, everybody's really prolific. You know. Yeah. Um. So after that kind of playing after that kind of just you know people were knowing me more and i was just kind of picking up stuff yeah produced for this person produced for that person yeah i produced for uh artist from chicago for a while named alex wiley i produced for him yeah um and then you know rolling into i've I've worked in worked on a project you know working on a project currently with uh melina was a new Interesting. Newer okay. singer. She was just featured on Liv's latest EP on Crash and Burn. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just ran through um, Liv's. Uh, actually, Waffles came over. Yeah. And was, By the way, shout out Waffles. Too. Yeah. Shout out Waffles. Waffles is my guy. He's, he's the most Love genuine. Waffles. You know, he, yeah. He's, I could really talk to that guy about anything. Yeah. You know? 100%. But, we often end up talking until like three o'clock in the morning right. and it's like, okay, no, really, I need to go to bed so, now. <laughs> and then we'll talk for a half hour more while yeah. we say bye to each other. Um, but sorry, sorry, not to cut you off. Oh yeah, yeah. no worries. Mm. Totally got sidetracked mm. by that. Mm. Um uh but yeah, no, Waffles came over and was sadly disappointed that I had not ran through Liv's album yet. And I was sadly disappointed mm. too. I just hadn't found the mm. time mm. um to do so yet. And so yeah, I ran through it and it's fucking killer. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a good one, you know, and she's always you know, I was talking to Liv and I told her the other day, you know, she's somebody that doesn't sacrifice her artistic voice for like her ambition like she can really go anywhere she wants to go and she yeah. she doesn't sacrifice she talks about what she wants to talk about but right. the way that she moves is like it's inspiring in a way you know, it's like you can is. you really take your own voice however far you want to go yeah a hundred percent and honestly in everything that she does because it's not just limited to the music that she makes either but she makes a lot of different things right exactly and i think that's what's so inspiring about y'all too in everything that you guys do in this bigger conglomerate of artists and collective of Mm -hmm. people um is that y'all just make high quality shit all the time Mm. no matter what you do whether it's like an event that you're at like you're djing like Mm. one of my favorite things was watching you and paco go go back to back at fucking the runaway one night like oh yeah so much fun oh that was that was a lot of fun yeah i know what you're talking about it was the after party for souls yes yeah Yeah. watching y'all go back to back and stuff and just like everything it was so much fun like um i met paco um around that time too mm-hmm. and, and you know that's kind of my so harvest house it as a you know kind of a administration is yeah kyla may okay um shifate abdul kasamali jordan butler and paco you yeah. know they run mm-hmm. and they i'm i'm technically an artist that's managed by harvest house right as well as live and moni well, I Love think, uh, you know, saying all this, I think, but, but, um, met Paco, met all of them through Broke Speakers too, because yeah. they, they were originally part of an organization called, uh, Autumn Club. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, they were doing stuff out of Me Street at that time. And, but at that, when I first started working at Me Street, I kind of just really hit the ground running. Yeah. And like, was there as often as I could be making a, a shit, you know, making a bunch of music. Yeah. Taking advantage. I didn't know how long. 
<laughs> I would be able to do that. You're you like, know? hell yeah, I got this opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, happening. Exactly. <laughs> um, I made over the course of that summer, the you know, very close after that, I, I decided that I was going to make like this list of 100 beats. Like I was just going to make 100 beats over the summer, where it would be like this much, this many beats, like kind of like as a practice of execution like yeah. i wanted to see if i could do it and i did it and that's where talea's out well, a lot of so i produced majority of talea's yeah as existential soul which was on my top 20 <laughs> countdown yeah it was uh, yeah. for albums of the year because it was incredible it's amazing you know talea is also somebody i want to say is this absolute powerhouse of you know an artist but also behind the scenes, you know, yeah. like producing, engineering, yeah, uh, mixing, mastering. I mean, she really does it all. She's, yeah. she's, you know, has more, you know, probably more skills in her bag than you know probably anybody. You yeah, know what I mean, and and uh, and she's young, younger than I. Am, I was know? gonna say, and she's and, very young, and, and she's has, creative. Yeah, like, creative artist. She makes good music too. It's not and just presents like, herself exactly. well. Sure. Very, very nice. Well -rounded and, yeah. yeah. Uh, Honestly, if you don't know Talea, get to know Talea. Yeah, Talea. But um, produced a lot of that, and that was also a big point in my, you know, I was actually, that's the only song I've ever, one of the only songs I've ever, like, sang on. Yeah. Is on that album, Need Three. Yeah, and, which um, is beautiful. That was on like my Money Makes playlist forever and a day before I had to be like, okay, I gotta take this off <laughs> here before it gets no, too played out. That was, you know, just, a, you know, I was on the video. Basically, you know, stuff that I never thought I would do. Yeah. You know? and, and I found myself doing it. You know, just in a good way, like, just getting on someone coming to them, and I felt like I was growing so much during yeah. that time as an artist and as a human, all that, you know, like the love and compassion that basically that you're talking about. Yeah. is like kind of cha changed me in a way that is cool. You know, no pressure though. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's like, I was, I was looking for change anyways. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think, I think it's like the main thing that Harvest House, the events and everything that is so nice, you know, cause I'm, I'm, it's all kind of, we're, it's intentional. We move with intention, but it's, yeah. it's, you know, um more like go like we're we're just kind of taking it each day by day in a way yeah. where it's like we're just we we have a strong sense of principles strong sense of morals about like what we want to do what we want to be like create, yeah you know but i you know and again like i'm just one of the artists you know right. there's like bigger like somebody like shivate who not many people might not know shivate is but she does a lot of work yeah. kyla Jordan Abdul, if these people like really keep the gears of this scene and what Harvest House is rolling as yeah. far as events, like basically what, like taking that energy and like being able to just have it, you know, it's like they're a big, huge, they're, that's their, that's them. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's just, it's, it's beautiful the community that we've built in general, you know. I agree. Yeah. I I agree a thousand and twenty percent. And I'm, I'm, I'm working blessed. on the Harvest House. I'm working yeah. on a whole Harvest House takeover. I want to do like a whole month of yeah. just focusing on Harvest House yeah. and shit because it, like I said, it's, a, it's truly it's it's magical. It's a movement, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I'm so happy um, that artists like yourself get to you know flourish in this environment. Tell me about it. You know, like I'm. Yeah. I'm I'm grateful. I'm blessed, you know, and um, but at the same time, you know, I'm I, I recognize that you know I have something to 
offer that, you know, I can use what I do to give back and like not, you know, I'm not just doing this for myself. Like I'm doing, I'm trying to support these artists too. Right. You're like the artists that I work with, majority of these artists that I work with, I don't charge, you know, just straight up. That's amazing. Like a lot of these artists, you know, I would say at least half, you know, majority half of the time. Over that, and any artist I work with knows this. I've never asked for money for anything. Right, you're yeah, building but, that foundation right now, yeah. so that in the future you ain't gonna be able to afford him. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean that's part of it. That was why. Yeah. That's why. That's part of it. Yeah, you know? and, and it's and it was also like you know me being from Alabama, kind of being an outsider. You know, it was also a way for me to give back. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I, I dropped out of high school. And me ten, too. Shout out dropouts. Yeah, I dropped out of high school in tenth grade. I was never really like super well educated, so I couldn't really like. You know, like in a political sense, like find a lot of ways that I could support the community without, you know, being kind of like a way that I didn't know what I was doing. But with this music shit, I know what I'm doing. Right. You know, this is my <laughs> skill and I, I can use my skill to yeah. get back to the community that's given to me. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, not just with this community, but the culture in general that yeah. this, all the shit comes from. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, uh, I know that I have something that not other people could do. And there's artists that I see that, with like the infrastructure that I could provide, yeah, can do same thing or say something that I want to say, but they could say it better. They could do it like I could uplift their right. voice, and by doing that, all of our voices are uplifted. A hundred, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you may not be on paper academically smart, but you are <laughs> highly intelligent <laughs> in life and yeah. and everything that you are involved with and passionate about. And I think that is so important. I dropped out of high school. I joined a program that I went to college uh, for free. Thank God. That was awesome. Um, Did all the important classes for graphic design that I wanted to do. And I dropped out of college as well. So I'm a double whammy dropout, baby. I dropped out of film school. Hell yeah. As soon as as, I was like, I'm in a recording studio. I'll make a music. (laughs) I'm not going back to film school. (laughs) I definitely believe in schooling and whatnot. I just think you just got to do what you feel. Applying the classes that make sense to you and learning about the things that make sense to you. And also teachers are everything. If you don't have a good teacher, you're not going to learn shit. So finding somebody, whether it's just like a mentor in the field that you want to be in or just like somebody, they don't even have to be like an accredited like school teacher or something because there's Google. You can go to Google University and learn about fucking anything (laughs) because it is all on the Internet trust i have studied and learned so many things just by simply googling things um so yeah Yeah, that's true no that's very true i think uh you know i don't think if you're if you have a passion for it and you Mm -hmm. want it to be a part of your life and your identity right you're gonna find a way to do it yeah and and uh you school might be the way for you yeah and school's not easy that's hard to do obviously it's it's a hard thing to do and it's and when you do that then if you go to school, that's something you should be proud about. You know, yeah. if you graduate and um, with good grades, exactly, good attendance, sure. and everything. Of course, that's something because you should be balancing proud life about, you know? and school mm-hmm. all together—that's right. very, very difficult. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but for you know, like somebody like me, that's just not—I don't. That's not how I feel. Like I can get to where I want to be in life, right? You know, and the way that I want to get to where I want to be, in life right? Either. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You spent over a decade with hands-on sure. experience in the trenches instead right. of yeah. reading through a book or whatever. Yeah, sure. Know? Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I have, but I have those like 
mentors along the way too. Right. Of like, yeah. like just hey, there might not be accredited people, but I learned a lot from right. the people around. Right, exactly. You know it's I mean? all about just opening we yourself from up each to other everything. Too. Yeah, you know, like when you work with a lot of different people, like you learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Like one of my best friends, EJ from yeah. Alabama, great artist, great producer. Made he's a designer. Made cool. this clothes, this shirt, and made the name Coin Flip. Hell yeah, Coin Flip Culture. Um, <clears throat> you know, me and him, I feel like we kind of both were coming up at the same time and both I would say are like kind of equal yeah. skill level in a way or you know we would kind of be going back and forth where I'd be like damn he's better than I am you know what I mean or like <laughs> yeah but we were learning and kind of we learned from each other in a way you know what I'm saying yeah. we bounce, we're always to this day we're still bouncing shit off it's each a other, friendly you know? competition to right get improved but each that's other. my fucking guy you know right. because above this we also know that above this music shit we're friends and like we grew right. up together you yeah, know what exactly. I mean so it's like we can be real about each other with about each other's music and also yeah. like if we're we can also like um just share ideas and stuff about yeah. ego and stuff like what about music and stuff but it's important to have those people in your life like you said that you know you can at least you know get that other perspective and or, or somebody yeah. that you trust that you like their shit or right. you like you know what i mean yeah if you somebody that you really like their shit even if they might not be as good as you even, mm-hmm. you know, it might be even somebody who's coming up that you like, you recognize something that you respect, right? you know what I mean? And, and, or, but it, the good, it's like, that's, it, it's all subjective, right? I mean, the whole right. point is expression. The whole yes. point is that, and that's the goal. It's not about being good. Right. It's about expressing yourself. So like, I feel like you can see somebody yes. that might not have the same skill set or same tools mm-hmm. as you, but you're still inspired by the way that they're expressing right. themselves and you can learn from each other. Kind yeah. of, if you kind of, you can give back, feed that too, like, mm-hmm. like give them information and energy yeah. that can maybe grow them too. If you right. kind of both grow together. So even as like, if you're mentoring somebody, yeah. you're learning too. I do that yeah. all the time with artists. If I listen to something new that they release, you know, I'm not afraid to tell an artist, you know, if I think something in there, like not necessarily whack, but like something where I'm like, you know, like this portion of it like really stood out to me, and I'm like, well, it like you could do it. Like I'm not necessarily sure. like I don't know how to the back end. Like I'm not a producer right, or anything right. like that. But I definitely feel like I have the ear, and I like to mm. give that feedback, especially to developing artists, because like one small thing, or like if I notice like a mix down's wrong or something mm-hmm. like that, I'm like, well, you should meet this person or you should right? meet that person. Sure, sure. Like open it up and mm-hmm. help give them the resources to make them that much right. better. Because a lot of the times it's just access to these things that sometimes stops people from being the best them. So. Exactly. And I feel yeah. like that's something that, you know, I'm, I provide. Yeah. Or that's like something that I feel a responsibility to provide to right. community. Yeah, you know and you saying? got and given that, that opportunity yourself. Right. Exactly. So, you know, so like, just keeping I? that cycle and sure. that going. Exactly. So, and, I mean, um, so beautiful. Uh, but just to circle back. Sorry. You, no, just you were saying it's a really cool. You were saying it's a really cool. <laughs> really, what, what were you just saying about the... Uh, that's a great question. A lot of the times I say things and then yeah. I'm high and I forget. And then yeah. I rewatch the interview and I'm like, damn. Yeah. Sorry like, we life. were talking about some shit. Yeah, sorry about, sorry about life. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's okay, though. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it it is just, like, such a good, good way to give back to people. And I'm kind of doing that, like, myself right now as far as, like, helping develop a lot of writers and a right. lot of people to... 
um, be able to showcase all of the artists. You know sure. what I mean? I'm That's trying important. to give them my knowledge and and what I do and some of those tips and tricks so that they can develop their own voice mm-hmm. in it and everything. Partially for selfish reasons that I don't want to see Seattle not be written about well. Right. So selfishly, I want to be able to have people promoted really well mm. and whatnot. And that means sharing my knowledge and not right. just, yeah. you know, keeping it to myself and shit. So I'm about fostering other people's growth and development and shit like that. So it's important. I think it it's really important is. that we support each other because at the end yeah. of the day, you know, we, especially as artists or people that we have a yeah. ambition, we want to be in places. We always think about, we want to reach this person or reach this person, but the person you're going to have the most impact on is the person next to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, those are the people that you need to focus on. 100%. Especially if you're trying to build some art shit. You're trying yeah. to build some shit, some yeah. art, like like a name for yourself or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, don't focus on people on IG or whatever. Or like, the people in, like, maybe your acquaintances. It's like, you got to focus. You got to build relationships with the people that are right next to you mm-hmm. and value that shit. And speaking of building relationships, we're almost, we're at 48 minutes, so we only have like 10 minutes left of Mm. this, but I would be so pissed at myself if I didn't talk about Peaks, because Peaks Peaks. is one of my favorite fucking things ever, (laughs) Um, and uh, you brought together a whole bunch of different artists from around the Northwest to create the most amazing fucking modern jazz fucking fusion, whatever the fuck you want to call it. An amazing album start to finish that um, was also on my best albums of the year list as well. Um, And it, it spoke to me on such a incredible level. I remember meeting you, Josh introduced me to you, Waffles introduced me and um, you were like, yeah, I'm about to put out a jazz album. And I was like, sick. I love jazz. And then when it came out and I listened to it and I was like, he was just so casual about (laughs) this and it was incredible. So talk to me about making peaks and um, bringing together all those artists. Yeah. So um, uh, peaks started on peaks kind of just had the, was getting out in nature a lot kind of was inspired by the landscape of the northwest yeah and uh, the different elements because uh, you know the geology here in the northwest is way different than where i grew up totally you know it's like a lot more beautiful fucking mountain ranges and trees and yeah. all this crazy shit you know and where i'm from is like pretty flat <laughs> you know, like a little like a hill that's like very small but you know i was like really just enamored by the you know eth- ethereal you know like God like beauty of of it all when you get out to some of these spots. You know yeah. what I mean? Where you're just like, wow, this is jaw dropping. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's surreal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um kind of just inspired by that. I just had a vision of like making a concept album around it. And it kind of started from there. Um I made the foundation for all the tracks over the course of maybe seven, eight months. Yeah. Um and I played every instrument on the album except for horns. Yeah. And um, there's one or two tracks where I got my good friend Ron the Don, Ronnie Parker yeah. on drums, um, and KJ's on their own voice. But so I finished it and I wanted to have horns on it, you know, and that was like always something I wanted to do was work with horns. And, um, you know, I was like, I know enough people to make this happen. You yeah. know, and actually, I, I got hooked up with a very just amazing artist in his own right. Um, Brandon Lee Sierra Lee. Yeah. Out of Portland. 
Um, I think originally from Tacoma, maybe if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Um, originally, you know, Washington native. Yeah. Those are like he comes here a lot. I think he's from Tacoma. Um, good guy and amazing, talented musician. Um, basically, I'm. He knew one of my good friends in film school. Yeah. And I just reached out to that old friend in film school. I hadn't talked to him in like a year or two. Yeah. And was like, hey, do you still have your friend that plays saxophone? Well, turns out he's worked with Talia and stuff. Like, it turns out he had worked with Connected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so I basically, you know, talked to him and let him know what I needed. I would already had maybe 60% of the melodies already written, Yeah, you know, on different parts that, like, maybe I laid it down on a synthesizer. Yeah. And I'd tell, tell him to do this melody. And then I would take the synthesizer out and just be him. But, you know, he also came up with a lot of those melodies, too. He's a, he's a very talented guy, so yeah. I, I, I give him a lot of creative freedom. Cool. And also, um, through him, I worked with uh, another friend of mine, uh, or an, another friend of his named Pablo on trumpet, and he also laid some, you know, very nice solos and yeah. laid down some melodies. Um, it was great. And then one time, one day I was working on the album, and KJ came through yeah. and laid down some of the vocals on some of the tracks, too. And Beautiful. I think one thing that um, inspires me to execute or follow through on a project like that is like if if the vision was clear and I just had such a clear vision on what yeah. that what I wanted the album to be and yeah. what I wanted it to sound like and what what I wanted to be like the album cover I had everything it was just right there so I knew that I could do it it yeah. was it was easy and it's the same with this second album that I just finished that's amazing you know um, the second jazz album God is Love uh, we're gonna be doing. Some really exciting stuff, October 21st. I can't wait. And um, that is no features from any other musicians. I'm handling all the instrumentation. Ah! Um, and we're going to have some vocalists on the album. Fuck uh, yeah. 15 tracks, you know. Um, this is going to be, we have some really, really exciting things happening. Yeah. With an experience running the album. And uh, I can't really talk about a lot of it but it's yeah. going to be really just fun. stay tuned just stay tuned, just it's stay gonna tuned be, it's and gonna go some, follow him it's gonna be some really good stuff happening yeah and i'm um, really excited about it the album is sounds good it's different it has yeah. some of the elements of peaks it sounds like me but That's it's good. it's definitely pushing boundaries a little incorporating a lot of music i've been experimenting with yeah. this past year with a lot of the house stuff but cool so Still me, though. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to show it to people, share it with people, you know, God is love, themes of, you know, how we do, how do we find, like, we, it's, the themes are how we find a higher power through community and love, and also exploring, like, the mystery of what that is, you know, and the feeling, just the mysterious feeling of what are we doing, why are we doing this, and, and what do we feel when we come together and we hear that sound or we hear that music, we come together and we get drunk and fucking have a party like, there's god there there is like yeah. us coming together and, and that's what the album's about it's, you know it's it's yeah. it's the uh, amazing it's the uh you know biggest artistic endeavor i feel like i've ever been on yeah under my own name you know so uh i'm really excited about it yeah i'm yeah. excited about it as well mm -hmm. i'm always excited for anything that you do i just Thanks. I really, truly, that was one of the things that, I, that it stood out right from the get-go with Peaks. And I could hear whatever the song title was, I could hear that through the instrumentation. Right. And that was like, I was like, oh, 
Yep. And then right. literally everything else that I've listened to that you've put out, I was like, amazing. So Thank I'm you. very, very, very happy that I got to meet you and and get to experience all of this music so and, and the community that you're a part of. And and likewise, I, I appreciate, you know, your passion behind this. There needs to be yeah. more people like you. you I know? appreciate that. And, it, you know, and I also want to say that, you know, being passionate about music doesn't mean you have to have a podcast or you right. have to play an instrument. Yeah. For real, like your your passion for music is just as valid, even if you just enjoy listening to it, right? Or if you just enjoy going to shows. You don't have to be mm-hmm. somebody that plays an instrument to be involved or to right. be to have like just as much of a passion for music as I do. Yeah, you know your passion for music, no matter what you do, is valid. 100%. You know you don't have to be talking about it. You don't have to you know just loving it. Yeah. on your own terms is enough and going out yeah. to these shows and uh being involved in the community is honestly one of the best ways to support your artist especially totally. on that local level because i've noticed the people that have the big crowds around them are the people that are fully involved in the community that are trying to promote, you know, growth within everybody. And that is what helps get them to that next level and get them recognized by the people outside of the music industry that are part of the city. And that's really what we want to, what at least I want to promote and what Respect Mary Region likes to promote is that community, the local aspect of it all, and just coming together all in bridging the gaps between the different industries and the different, you know, types of cultures out here. You got to break, you got to break down identity when it comes to art. Yeah. You know, when when it comes to involvement, because, you know, there's no difference between that artist on stage or that person behind the camera and you being there supporting it. Like it's all reciprocal relationship. And you don't, you could be, you could be at any point in that relationship that you want to be. If yeah. you want to have a podcast and you want to talk about music, do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you feel like, oh, I don't want it, that's just not me, then yeah. don't do it. There's right. no pressure to do anything. If yeah. you want to be involved, or if you, and that's another thing, if you want to talk about music yeah. to somebody like a musician that don't feel gaslit just because you don't know how to play an instrument or right. whatever, like, no, talk about music, have your yeah. opinion, like, own that. You also passion. learn by exactly. discussing it. So. Sure. And, it's very and important. You have a valid, you have a valid opinion. You have valid feelings. Right. You know Everybody what I'm saying? Does. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, music and art is all about communication. Yeah. And it's all a reciprocal relationship. And yeah. I think it's like people shouldn't feel pressure to do anything they don't want to do. Yeah. You know, at the same time, they shouldn't also feel gaslit to. Yeah, and I think that's a beautiful moment to end on Mm -hmm. uh, because that took us right to the end of our time here. (laughs) Um, I could probably talk for a whole another hour here with Noah, but Mm -hmm. um, I sincerely appreciate you coming on um, and sharing this time with me. So, and I thank y'all for watching as well and listening in. Um, I'll be on next week as well with another episode. But I need to turn this off right now or else I'm going to go over my time on it and I won't be able to do anything bye, with this. Y'all. So bye. bye. <laughs> Lovely.